This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, and welcome to Hopeland Church. Um, We're praying for you, fathers and uh, families out there. We love you. And um, we're excited to get into the word today. So um, we're get, we have a word for the dads and, and just about fathers today, but it really does tie into our sermon series as far as uh, what is discipleship, because I really believe, you know, that fathers, God created fathers um, so we could be discipled. I mean, I really believe that's God's design uh, that um, fathers um, do a lot and God has designed them in such a way and designed the family in such a way that fathers um, play such a powerful role in legacy and generations and in the family and in society. So um, we're gonna jump into the word today. So I uh, really hope you enjoyed the word. Once again, happy Father's Day. All the dads out there, we salute you. Uh, we appreciate you. And, and we're so thankful for you. And so, uh, actually, before we get into the word here, I just wanted to pray for all the dads out there. Um, just spend a moment to pray for them, and we can pray for our dads or for a dad. Maybe um, there's, there's, a, there's a dad that comes to your mind right now. Can we just do that? Can we pray for all the fathers out there today? And so, uh, Father, we thank you for all the dads. God, we pray just a special blessing on them today. We pray, God, that they're loved and supported and appreciated today. Uh, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would continue to grace the fathers to do that, to father their children, and maybe even not their biological children, maybe even others, other kids in the neighborhood, uh, young people they may work with or whatever, but just I pray that you would just um, bring the hearts of the children, young people, back to the fathers and the fathers to the children. I pray that, God, you grace them, uh, God, anoint them to make a difference in the lives of their children and anybody that may even look to them as a father figure. So we just thank you for fathers, God, and we thank you for father figures, and we pray that Lord, the, our uncles and our grandfathers and uh, maybe just like big brothers and, and all those that kind of really are in the place that they are father figure. So we pray and thank you, God, for your grace on them to do that so that they could be a blessing to the young people in their life. And we thank you, Lord, for all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. All right, so... Uh, you know, why, why do we love fathers? Um, I'm jumping right in here, but uh, I'm just going to read a little bit from my notes here. But a father's, like the way God designed it now. Now, I'm going to speak in absolutes as to what fathers do or what they're designed to do and the blessing that they bring. So I understand that some people could be listening to this message and be like, man, yeah, my dad didn't do that. Right. So I understand that. And no, no dad is perfect. And um, you know, so this isn't, this isn't to be some kind of measuring rod for how your dad did. I think it's just, um, a way to appreciate the dads out there and to encourage them to, to continue to do this and, and, and to, and to be better fathers, right? To, I want to be a better father 
uh, than I am right now. I want to get better at this. I want to do well when it comes to my children. I take, I personally take it very seriously and I really think about it, process it, and try to try to learn how to do this thing called being a father better. And so uh, here we go. So why, you know, I believe I just want fathers to know that they're loved and I want fathers to know that they're appreciated and I want them, I want to encourage them and what God has called them to do and be and how the things I'm going to share are really uh, um, every father is called to be these things, okay, and to live out these things. And this is really the way God made it. This is why we love fathers. That's kind of what I'm going to share today. But also, anybody can apply this and say, man, I can, uh, you know, I can do that. I can, I can, I can be that for somebody. I can, I, I, I am that, you know. So these are just some characteristics about fathers and kind of why we love them. But, but in my notes here, a father's characteristic, as far as God has designed it, are reminiscent of his characteristics, okay? Because, you know, we call him father, right? So I'm going to share some things that are really how God created fathers to be, but really, it is really who God is to us, okay? That's kind of the parallel here, that as I share about these characteristics of a father and why we love fathers and what we appreciate most of them, and I'm not saying I have the whole list here. I just have four main things that came to my heart in my study. And uh, But really, this is also a characteristic of our Father God. The Bible says that he is a father to the fatherless in his holy habitation. And so, you know, uh, once again, a father's characteristics um, are reminiscent of the character of God. Okay, and so we, we all, and we're, as we get into this, I just want to kind of lay a framework here. But we all have, we all have needs, okay, as human beings, okay, and we, we all have needs. And um, uh, fathers, uh, in part, are designed to help fulfill those needs. Did you know that that we are all sons and daughters of somebody, right? Isn't that isn't that isn't that Amazing, right? That that this is how God designed life to be. Like, you know, and I understand there are broken um, families and it just, it hasn't worked as it was designed. And I, and I can, I, I think every human on the earth could raise their hand and say, you know what? Even at our best, it hasn't been perfect by any means. Uh, but um, this is how God framed it. This is what happens in Christ is God can restore it. If there were things lost in you in your relationship with your father, I really believe, I truly believe because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that through that he restores and God will restore things that have been lost in the family unit in your life. Either, I believe both to you and through you, okay? To you from others and through you to others, okay? So, so we all have needs. And, and our fathers, fathers are designed to help fulfill those needs. So um, here's just a couple things that, I, you know, and then we'll get into the main points here. But, but fathers are designed to help prepare us for the future, uh, help prepare us for life. I, I believe that regardless of it doesn't matter what continent you live on, ethnicity, background, neighborhood, socioeconomic, none of that really can take away this, this, I believe, universal truth of what fathers are designed to do. 
and that is to help prepare uh, their children for the future, okay? And also, uh, I believe fathers and not, these aren't my main points, I'm just sharing these. These just kind of came to me after I kind of did everything. I just want to share this before we get into it here. But but fathers, um, fathers are designed to bring stability to a family, okay? Designed to bring, you know, stability. Uh, that's why they are there. Now, uh, um, you know, I'm not saying that stability is not only only exclusively in a father, but that just, even in my own experience, that when my dad was around, my biological father, and the many people that follow us or just are part of our community um, have heard plenty of times kind of the brokenness of my childhood and all that. But when my biological father was around, I, 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 I really did experience that. Even as a child, I kind of, I, I just remember the feelings of coming up to my house. This is when I'm like, you know, in grade school or whatever, elementary school age, and even up into high school. Even beyond that, there was something that would happen to me uh, in a positive way when I would come in from skating, uh, come home uh, from you know, whatever, hanging out, playing with my friends or uh, being, you know, spending the weekend with friends or whatever and coming home, whenever I saw my dad's car in the driveway, it literally, I was like, like there, it was, it was so real. Like that man skating down the street, I would look in the driveway and I would see his 1980, uh, um, Buick Skylark in the in the driveway and I was like oh man that dad's home like it just was the best feeling in the world right that was my dad that's my father so um, and I know not everybody's experience is that way but that's just something that I personally experienced like you know fathers bring stability fathers provide stability fathers provide preparation so my first point here and we're going to get into some scriptures now my first point is this is uh, what is it that we love about fathers? What is it that fathers uniquely bring to the table? What what are they called to be and do? This is every father out there. In one way or another, here it is, fathers provide. Once again, I'm going to say it again, folks. Fathers provide. One more time, folks. Fathers provide. All right, this is it. This is something, and out here at me as a father, this is something that, it's just in me. I, I mean, I mean, I, I just, I live for that. I want to provide. I, I, I fight to provide, right? I, I, I mean, um, man, I just want to provide my children with a, a lot. And that, it, this just doesn't mean like resources, right? Like financially in, in a sense. And of course, I think when we, in our, you know, Christian church world, we think when we hear provision, we think money or, you know, it's just used a lot like that. And I'm not saying it doesn't mean that, but, but provision, provision, um, you know, bringing something to the table to benefit those under my care, to provide them with tools, provide them with a mindset, provide them with um, how to navigate uh, when you're not happy with your performance in some way. How do you do it? Provide emotional support, provide relational support, provide um, just walking through just the realities of life and provide just like here, I'm here to help you do this thing called life. So provide, right? And here it is. 
That's why fathers are so important, folks. This is why we love fathers. Why? Because we all have a desire. Every human being on the earth has a desire to be taken care of by someone in some way, like in some way, okay? And, and th there's something in us that uh, even, you know, and as children, I understand that we grow up and I'm not advocating that um, we don't learn to carry our own weight, okay? But at the end of the day, there is something in us. And, and this is a characteristic of God that he is our provider, right? That's one of his names, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord uh, th who provides. He is our provider. You know, he shall provide provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He's a provider. So that's what fathers are, okay? So let's look at, here's our first verse we're gonna to share today, but Genesis chapter 22 and verse 14. Let me read this. I'll give a little background of it and then we'll kind of talk about this. Uh, but one more time before I read this, say, say, let me say fathers provide. All right, Genesis 22, verse 14. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, or in the Hebrew, Yehovah Jireh, or Jehovah Jireh. Uh, the Lord will provide as it is said to this day. Here is the phrase, in the mount, or on the mountain of the Lord, um, it shall be provided. It's very interesting. There's context to this. Um, it's not just like God just, you know, make it rain, God, make it rain. No, uh, on the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. On the mount of the Lord. So there is context here. There's some narrative here. There's, uh, I'm not gonna read all of this. I'm only gonna read this one verse here out of Genesis, but I'll, you guys know the story, right? God told him to sacrifice Isaac and, he, and Abraham knew, okay, wait, this is the promise. This is the promise though, and you want me to kill it. You want me to kill the promise? You want me to sacrifice the thing that you promised that so, so shall my seed be? You know, my seed shall be as the, as the um, grains of sand on the earth. My, my seed shall be as the number of the stars in the sky. And he's like, wait, you, you gave me this promise that's far beyond what I'm actually looking at. It's the beginning of what you're gonna do with me. Or you're making me a father of many nations and yet my only son, uh, my, you know, the one that you actually promised, um, you're actually wanting me to sacrifice him, okay? So here's the thing here, and, and I won't go too on, uh, far into this, but really contextually here, uh, provision in, in, in our walk with God, in, in, in provision in the economy of God is as a result of faith. And I don't, I'm just not saying just faith. Yeah, faith, like we throw that word around a lot, right? But I mean the result of Abraham hearing from God a promise and then God challenging him to obey him. And the challenge almost seems contradictory to the promise. So his process was felt like it was going against what God had promised before, okay? So provision in this context, um, is the result of faith. Provision in this context is the result of bold obedience, all right? So, um, you know, and Abraham uh, was determined at this point and he came to the result that, okay, if I pull the knife out and I kill this child, sacrifice him, that God will raise him up. So. Think about the faith here. He didn't know the outcome. He wasn't like, yeah, praise the Lord. Um, it's gonna happen just how I thought. He was like, man, I don't know how it's gonna work out, 
but even if I follow through, God's going to heal him and raise him up again, right? So, so, so you know, it's kind of like Abraham was like, man, this is going to work one of two ways. And, and so he not knowing, unknowing, um, kind of being challenged and, and, and even communicating words of faith to Isaac. He told his son as they're going to go up the mountain. He's like, hey, man, we're going to go up and sacrifice and we're going to, we all, we're going to come back down. So he was operating in faith. But provision, I mean, that name, that's the first we hear in scripture is right here in Genesis 22, that, that, that unique name of God. Uh, Jehovah Jireh was not said any time before that. But right there, that's when it was when it was penned in the scriptures, in the story of Abraham bringing his son up there. And here it is, God provides, okay? Um, but, the, but with provision, with provision, there is process. There is no provision without process. I'm talking about God type of provision now. I'm talking about God type of provision. There is always a process. Provision came because Abraham trusted God in a very challenging situation. Provision was already always there, but God was testing him. God was testing him. Here, look at If you want to look at this for what it is, God released the provision in his timing. God had it for him, but he was withholding for a season. God was in control. God was in control of Abraham's provision, but he was like, I need you to obey me so you can experience my provision. Okay, and as we know, God said, nah, don't, don't do it. There's a ram in the thicket. Get that ram, um, hoist him up on that altar, tie him down and, and, and sacrifice that. Okay, so um, provision came because, because Abraham trusted God in a very challenging situation. Here it is, this is now because we're talking about fathers. And look at, as we're talking about what is discipleship, here it is. This is discipleship. This is how God walks us through things. This is how he builds us. This is how he tests us. This is how he matures us. And this is how... He provides for us. I can't tell you how many times I felt like I was on the edge. And the next thing you know, God provided. And I was like, wow, uh, forgive me, Lord. <laughs> forgive me for doubting. Forgive me for questioning that you would actually come through. My wife and I could tell you story after story at times where we, man, we felt like it was literally the midnight hour. And we're like, what are we going to do? And the next thing you know, provision, boom. It, it, it literally... I have like, not specifically like God didn't tell me to sacrifice Nico or anything like that. But like, I, I have walked through times where God just brought me up to the point where I, where man, this is the mid late in the midnight hour. God is going to turn it around, right? He's going to work in your favor. And so bam, I, I, I know this, but look at, here it is in walking with God. He is a provider, but it's not like he's just, just going to dish stuff out for, 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 for no good reason. He he will test us at times. Can I get an amen, somebody? All right, happy Father's Day to all the dads. But here it is. With respect to actual fathers, fathers don't just care about the result of something. God the Father wasn't just about the result, but he was doing something in Abraham through this process. He was, he was, he was, he was teaching him. He was, if I could say this right. God was discipling Abraham to walk something out in faith, not knowing the outcome. So Abraham could learn how faithful God is. And if you even look at what the verse we read, right? The verse we read in Genesis 22, 14, it says it shall, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. So look at that. 
Uh, it's the mountain of the Lord. It, just look it up for what it says. It is God's way, God's method, um, and our surrender. That is where provision is. It is in the place of true faith authentically trusting God. It is in God's timing, God's way, God's place, in the mountain of the Lord. Or that language is kind of interesting how it says it, but basically saying, on the mountain of the Lord, it shall be provided. And Abraham did not get on that mountain without obeying God when he had no idea what the outcome was. So fathers don't just care about the result, okay? They understand the process, and live to teach us the process, all right? They live to teach us the process. They are there to protect us and guard us and walk us through the process. Here is my second point. Fathers protect, okay? I'm gonna say it one more time. Fathers protect. Fathers protect. Uh, we all need to know that somebody has our back. Um, this is how we were created. We were created to, to be in community and in relationship with, with people and to know that, okay, at least I know this person has my back. And that's a father. A father is the one that is designed, God designed it in such a way that this man in a child's life will have their back. Um, protect, guard. Now, and I, like I said before, th these are characteristics of our God. This is who God is. God is a protector. God guards us. He's a refuge. He's a defender. He's a strong tower. He, they that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. This is our God. If you just read through Psalms, you're going to see so much in this about how much of a defender, a guard, um, a protector. He's a shield. Like God is our protector. And that's what fathers are. Okay. Why? Because we as human beings, we need, we need fathers. We need to know that there is a man of God in my life that's got my back. All right. Let's look at a couple more verses here. Psalm 84 verse 11. Here it is. This is speaking of God and his characteristic. Um, but here it is. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. A shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will, we, will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. There it is right there. That's protector and provider in one verse. I'm gonna read it again. Uh, Psalm 84, 11, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. All right? The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. All right, here's another one. Psalm 57, verse one. Um, be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me for my soul trusting you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge. And in the shadow of your wings, I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. All right, so, so fathers, are protectors, okay? Fathers are protectors. As a child growing up, I can't tell you um, how many times and how much I felt this, but around my dad, I always felt safe. I always felt safe. 
um, I felt safe because I know my dad, he was a pretty quiet man. He didn't talk a lot, wasn't a big talker, but once you got him talking, he was pretty funny and pretty quick witted. Uh, but um, uh, he wasn't much of a talker, but I knew that, yeah, like if push came to shove, um, I would I would know that he'd be there to protect me. Period. And um, and so I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I had a dad that was truly that. I felt safe. Felt safe. Um, and so uh, fathers protect and defend uh, to their own hurt if necessary. That's what a father does. Fathers protect and defend to their own hurt if necessary. That is it. A true father, yeah, with yeah, won't think twice about it. That's what a father is. That's why they're there. And people need to know this. I mean, we, the children, young people. I mean, all of humanity. I mean, people need to know that there's somebody in their world that will take a bullet for them. You know, and I, I don't just mean that in actuality. I just even figuratively, whatever. But but I, I believe you all know what I'm saying here. Uh, and this is who God is to us. I mean, Jesus died on the cross for us. The Bible says in, in the book of Hebrews that he tasted death for all of us. He tasted like that, that, that's our God. Defender, protector, goes before us, um, pays the price for us. That, that is what a father is, all right? So fathers are called to teach and model, you know, respect, honor, and, and healthy authority. Um, I, I mean, if, if we would learn about authority in, in, in a healthy way through our fathers, I, I don't believe that our, our generation would be so rebellious. I truly believe that rebellion is attached to the lack of fathering and fathers. I'm not saying it's all that. It's that that's the only reason. I, I understand just um, this this crazy sinful world we live in. But um, there's something to be said of fathers' healthy authority, authority, but healthy authority, safe authority. A healthy authority, but authority nonetheless. All right. Um, I, I believe that fathers should model and teach what respect, true respect is. Not a twisted, worldly type of respect. Not a manipulative, worldly uh, type of honor that can uh, be, 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 be called honor, but it's really manipulation but truly learned teaching our children how to value others and value our elders and value environments they walk in and value their teachers, value their position, value them, value the authority. Is all authority good? No, but authority itself was created by God. And so we need to teach our children how to value what God has created value this principle God placed in the earth, this, 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 this thing in the earth that authority is a thing. Like in that when you walk into an environment and, and there's people in the room, you look at them, you say hello, you, you, you address people, 
You, um, you know what I'm saying? Respect, honor, value. Amen? And, 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 and healthy authority. All right? So here's the next one. Here's the next one. Uh, fathers affirm. Fathers affirm. So uh, fathers provide, fathers protect, and fathers affirm. Okay, this is the third one. We all, we all need to be affirmed by somebody. I understand certain people have a higher value for like words of affirmation, right? Uh, but we all need somebody that is speaking life into us, that is encouraging us, uh, that is, um, you know, that their words are words of life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those that love it eat the fruit thereof. So that we, you know, we would speak life. We would speak life. Uh, fathers, that, that is what they do. If you see when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, right? The father said, behold, you know, my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. That was affirmation. That was the affirmation. That was just, that was the picture of, of how we as fathers are to model our relationship with our sons, our daughters, is God the father. And he did it publicly. I love that that God the Father did this thing publicly. He affirmed him, he validated him, he anointed him publicly. Man, I'm, in a sense, you know, if I could maybe just, you know, add just a different language to that, but kind of drive the point here, you know, I am proud of my son, publicly, right? Not only privately, but publicly, all right? And so we, we all need to be affirmed by somebody. So here we go, here we go. Um, Let's read John chapter six, verse, verse, verse 63. John six, verse 63. And it says, it is the spirit who gives life. This is the words of Jesus. By the way, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Fathers, let me say this to the fathers. Your words are more powerful than you realize. All right, I'll say this to everybody. Your words are more powerful than you realize. Okay, Jesus said his words were spirit and life. We could speak spirit-filled words. Holy Spirit-filled words. Faith-filled words. Righteous-filled words. Love-filled words. He's like, man, the word, the flesh profits nothing. But Jesus was like, man, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. All right? They are spirit and they are life. Here we go. Philippians chapter one. I'm going to read verse three to seven. And here you see the apostle Paul. And he looked at himself as a father. He calls Timothy his son, Titus his sons in the faith. They were not his biological sons. They, they were his spiritual sons. Um, and he spoke of others, how he had begotten them in the faith, right? Um, presumably led them to the Lord and they were his sons in the faith. But Philippians chapter one, verse three, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, verse four, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy, verse five, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that, here's the words of life he spoke. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Once again, he who began a good work in you 
will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Verse seven, just as it is right for me to thank this of you all, affirmation, affirmation, just as it is right for me to thank this of you all because I have you in my heart. Fathers, let remind your children that they are in your heart. Remind those people, this goes for everybody, if there's anybody you're mentoring or, 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 or just, you know, you care about, and they're, you know, um, just remind them, remind them, hey, what God has begun in you, he's gonna complete it. All right, and this is right for me to thank this of you because I have you, I have you in my heart. These are the words of a true father in the faith right here. Y'all are in my heart. He's praying for him. He's like, I'm praying for you guys. And man, what God started, he's gonna complete until the day of Jesus Christ. Come on, stay in this thing. Keep serving the Lord. You guys are in my heart. I'm praying for you, right? And, and he goes on and says in verse seven, in as much as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. I mean, these, this is very strong language. He's like, man, this is, this is like, this is la familia right here. They, they, this is the, the family of God right here. He's like, man, you're in my heart, right? Who's in your heart? You know, who is in your heart? Are you praying for them? Are you speaking life over them? Come on, keep people in your heart, right? This just isn't about us doing what we do so we can succeed and da-da-da-da-da and achieve. And I'm not, nothing wrong with any of that, but come on, let's remind ourselves of what this is about on this Father's Day. It's about people. And it's like, man, is there anybody in your heart that you're praying for, that you love, that you're speaking the life over, that you're helping is there anybody that you're affirming? Is there anybody that you're protecting? Is there anybody that you're providing for them in some way? Apostle Paul, man, he's speaking life over these folks. He's like, man, check this out. Philippian church, he who has begun a good work in you, he's gonna complete it. He's encouraging them. He's affirming them. Hallelujah. All right, fathers affirm. Here's the last one. Fathers equip. Fathers equip. I mean, this is a discipleship message. All right? When it comes to people, people in your heart, I'm telling you, we can't help anybody if they're not in our heart. Can I get an amen? Me as a pastor, if they're not in my heart, I can't help them. Shouldn't be even trying to help them. All right? But I'm going to tell you, Hopeland Church, you're in my heart. You're in my wife and I's heart. You're in our prayers. We're praying for you. We're calling you by name before God. We're praying for your family praying for your, your job, praying for your business, praying for your, your vision, praying for uh, what God, your dreams, praying for you, you're in our heart, what God has begun, he will complete, all right? And, 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 and if Father's equipped, why, what is this? What is this? What, how, what is this? What, how does this go from just, you know, kind of affirmation, encouragement into something else, maybe something a, a, a little more um, involved, even, okay? We need both. We need affirmation and we need comfort and we need encouragement. Yes and amen to that. And we need to be equipped. 
Okay, we need to be equipped. This is what fathers do. We, we have a, why? Because we have a desire. Whether you realize it or not, we all have a desire to be given the how-tos of life. We all have a desire, man. I wanna, how do I do this? How do I do this? Show me. And sometimes I get it. Sometimes you just gotta teach yourself. You gotta, you gotta as David said, you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. I'm not taking away from that. But man, we have fathers for a reason. That's why we love fathers. It's what they bring to the table is they equip by nature. I love to equip my kids. I love to teach them things. I was just at the skate park this morning with my kids, kind of showing them how to do certain things. And you might say, well, that's just some, you know, playful little thing. But yeah, as a father, I'm like, man, I want to show you how to do this. I want to show you how to stand on the board. I want to show you where to put your feet because I, I can help you alleviate some, some, some unnecessary pain if you, if you follow what I'm telling you. Here's the how-tos, right? Here's the how-tos. So some things, you know, my dad did for me, and this, this might sound very trivial, okay? And I'm, and it, and hey, life isn't just about these grand things, right? But I'm like, and this was just my dad, right? So he was very organized in every way. So um, um, he showed me like when on Saturdays I would have to do the laundry with him because. Um, um, a good portion of my young young life, um, and I was just it was just me, my brother Zari, my sister, and my dad. So single father kind of situation when I was still in school. Actually, all of my high school years, it was just my dad, and then beyond that until I moved out, um, until I moved out to go to a Bible college. But um, some interesting things. But I, I, I put this in here because this is equipping, right? It's equipping. But it might sound, seem kind of trivial, but. My dad, certain things, some of these things he would teach me because I think he just didn't want it done wrong. You know what I mean? Um, so he's very particular. But he, he, he went, in doing the laundry, he would show me how to fold the towels so he could fit two rows of towels on the same shelf. You know what I'm saying? So he's like, if you fold them this way that everybody else does, it, it's going to be too wide. But if you fold it this way first, like long ways, right, and double fold it, then you can fit two rows. And I was like, all right, dad, I'm going to make sure I do it that way. But, but in that, isn't that a dad for you? I'm sure y'all got stories of how maybe particular your dad was about something. And you're kind of like, okay, you know, um, different things else. Uh, my dad um, just would teach me. I remember, and I, I was involved in Little League. So he got me and Zari in Little League starting at the A. Uh, I was maybe, I wasn't too old, but I was maybe a little older than some. It was um, but he got us involved. I was in third grade in Little League. So I went for four years, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah, I went for four years. It was, And then once I got into skateboarding, I kind of dipped out on all other, all other sports for the most part because I was so involved in that. But um, I remember just in the house, he would show me how to slide in the base, but he was using pillows, like the couch pillows. And my stepmom and my uh, grandma at the time that was living with us, this is when I was younger, of course, with step family in the house. And they would get so mad because he was using the pillows and we, he would let us run and, and, and like slide. But he's equipping. He's like showing us the ropes of, of how to slide, how to steal um, a base in baseball. Um, other things he, he really shared with us is just by more his modeling of things, just me observing is he just had a really good work, work ethic. Um, I, I wouldn't look at him as a workaholic because he, he, he was a butcher. So he'd work early mornings and just work, you know, six days a week, um, Monday through Saturday. Um, and I don't know if he had any workaholic tendencies. I never looked at it as a workaholic, meaning it wasn't absorbing all of his time, but he worked and he never complained about work. Never. 
Never got up, went to work. I don't honestly, I can't, I, I can't tell you any time he actually called in sick. I mean, he had to be pretty sick to call in and probably uh, wasn't the wisest thing. Uh, but uh, he didn't get sick a lot. But um, he just, yeah, just did that. I just observed that. And I just, I think I kind of absorbed a lot of that myself. Other thing too, he's just really responsible about his finances. Never complained about bills. Didn't have erroneous credit card debt or anything like that. He just um, handled business and he would kind of show me those things, sit me down a little bit. Um, never made a lot of money. Wasn't a high income earner. I mean, he was a butcher from graduating high school up until retirement. And so um, he just was that, he's a blue collar, he's a meat cutter. So, um, but um, I see the fruit of his life um, even in that way for us uh, that because of his responsibility, certain things when he passed, there was a blessing passed on to us. Um, and it wasn't a headache dealing with those things. And so I, I respect, I mean, that was my dad, you know, uh, but fathers equip, they equip, they arm, arm, train for whatever it is, his life is something as simple as folding towels, right? To things that really can affect people in their adult years is just responsibility, work ethic, and, and finances. Those are just some things he taught me, all right? Um, and so uh, here we go. I'm going to share uh, just one more verse here, I think. Um, but here it is. 1 Timothy 3.16. Let's read this and 17. 1 Timothy 3.16 and 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17. This is speaking of the characteristic of God, that our God is an equipper. But verse 17, that the man of God uh, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Equipped, equipped, speaking of the word of God, equips us, trains us so that we can do what we're called to do. And that's the Father. That's the heart of Father God to us. And that is what fathers bring to the table. Fathers equip. Once again, happy Father's Day to all the dads. Hey, call your dad, call a dad, text somebody's dad, give him a shout out, tell him happy Father's Day, show some love to a dad today. And um, I hope you guys got something out of this, uh, but let me pray. Father, we thank you for the fathers. And we pray your blessing on them. We pray your grace on them. We pray for our fathers, the fathers in our life, in our world, in, in, in our families. God, we just lift up all the dads. We pray you bless them, grace them, touch them, God. And I pray that you heal us, God, of any daddy issues. Maybe areas that our dad didn't do the equipping or maybe they didn't do the provision or maybe they didn't do any of this or maybe some people out there, they've just never had this type of relationship. So God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you heal us, heal us. Father God, be a father to us and heal us. And we just thank you, God. We pray that, Father, we would, we would respect the dads and honor them and, and show them how much we love and appreciate them today. In Jesus' name I pray.
I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.